Welcome to Amplify and Align. I am Michalina. And I'm Stacy. Why are we here? To break the rules, to share our wisdom, and to disrupt an industry. We work with coaches, healers, and leaders who are ready to turn their mission into a business that creates impact and freedom. Together, we bring over 20 years of experience to this space. I am the Amplify with proven systems and strategies to help you get your message out to the right audience. And I am the Align with processes and practices to help you through the inner shifts that become your external breakthroughs. We always joke that together we make the perfect coach. Which isn't surprising as we are sisters. So what can you expect from our podcast? The truth about the transformations needed to create your success. Soul-led strategies you can implement. And a sprinkle of astrology and spiritual strategy. And we're going to be pretty honest. We will be breaking down a lot of the truths and busting myths about the coaching industry. We want to invite you into the conversation with us. Are you ready to align your energies and amplify your success? Let's go! Welcome to another episode of Amplify and Align, the podcast. We are here today, very inspired and ready to talk about all things startup and foundational in your business. And the reason why we've decided to talk about this particular subject today is because M and I both saw someone posting on social media, asking the question, I have a business idea. Where do I start? What do I do? And they had a bunch of questions and we were looking at the responses and we just thought, this is interesting. There's a lot of good advice and there's a lot of shit advice on the the comments of that one as well. So we, we just thought, let's just jump on and talk about this today instead of what we're originally going to talk about because this is an interesting subject and we're going to see where this goes. Obviously, we got some time, so we're just going to unravel and, uh, yeah, see, see where this leads to. Well, I've seen a lot of different people post things like this, uh, people who are phenomenally talented, who are moving from one-on-one work into putting the structures in place for to turn it into an actual business. But I also see a lot of people asking questions out there in the big wide world of social media and getting such a range of answers, even from people who probably aren't in business by the looks of their their answers. And there's a lot of confusion about where to start, how to start, what is a priority. And uh, the first thing to understand about business from my perspective is that you're going to have to make a lot of decisions. Business isn't something you just stroll into and think, oh, that'll be a nice idea. The moment you commit to starting a business, you've got decisions to make. And if you want to put those strong structures in place, you've got to be firm in those decisions. Another thing I think of is that trying to do it all at once is where we get a bit lost in making those conscious, strong decisions. So we're going to talk about some of the things that you do to start and then look at how to grow out from there. Now, I, of course, have the energetic perspective. Stacey, with that Virgo South node, has the very strong organisational, tangible creation perspective. Yes, and there will be things that you and I don't agree on 
And there are also going to be things that aren't applicable to every situation and scenario. And I just want to preface this as well by saying we're focusing on those service providers, the healers, the coaches, the mentors, the leaders. If you have a product-based business, this isn't necessarily going to be the magical answer and foundational (laughs) set of things you need to do because what you need to do is a little bit different. And if you say to us that it would be really beneficial to hear from a product or e-commerce perspective on this subject, then absolutely, we can dive straight into that. So let us know in the comments if that is something that you're interested for us to dive into. But as a system structures and energetics, we are particularly talking today about those service-based mission-driven women. So very niche subject indeed. But I guess, what do you think, M, is the first thing people think of when they have a business idea? What, is it, what do you think is the first thing that goes through their mind of, oh, I need to do this? Well, there's about a thousand things that go through their mind. <laughs> I think that people get distracted by the branding aspect. How do I jump in and how do I brand my business? And then it's like, well, how do I create a social media audience? And how do I make Instagram and Facebook successful? And you've got so much to share on priorities around actually getting out and expressing, sharing what you do. I think the first natural thing in a lot of people's minds is, all right, Instagram, Facebook, social media. When I feel like there is a lot more that needs to be done and created behind that People jump into Instagram and Facebook and think, this is just going to take off. I'm going to be wildly successful here. People are going to want my products. And it doesn't work out that way. So people get discouraged. And instead of focusing on their craft and their talent, they're just scrambling to get people paying attention. And one of the things that I used to share in my first evolution of business is that our job in business is to grow our circle of influence. That is our job in business. And that's not necessarily a big audience, likes and follows, as Stace has probably shared before and will probably share in this session. But I, we need to put ourselves in front of people before a lot of the stuff even starts to happen. I think people get distracted by the likes and uh, the the views and all of the things, trying to do the reels and all of that. I've been there too. Mm. What do you yeah. say to that? <clears throat> Tell me what you think about that. Massive, massive topic. Um, I do not believe that you need a large following to have a very hugely, wildly successful business. Followers, likes, engagement don't equal income. And I really want you to understand that because if you are looking at someone who you're inspired by and you think, oh, they don't have that many followers or they're not getting good engagement, if you're looking at their Instagram, for example, that, and this is particularly you know something I always think about with mine, 
I don't use Instagram as a platform to grow my business. It's there, but I don't use that. So if someone was looking at, you know, how many followers do I have over there? Like, I don't know, 4,000 something. If you're looking at that and you're looking at the engagement because I spend no time on that platform, (laughs) then, yeah, you're probably going to think, eh, is she really making the money that she's telling me she's making? Well, yeah, I am because I don't use that as a vessel. And that goes with any social media platform. You don't know what's actually happening behind the scenes. So it's such a surface level, um, I guess, indicator of what's really happening in the business. Of course, I fucking love Facebook groups. I use so many Facebook groups, not my own, to network, to create connections, collaborations, Lots of people tag me in posts and say, this person is amazing. You need to speak to this person. We get into the DMs and the next thing you know, they're paying me tens of thousands of dollars to do this amazing stuff for them. That's my system. It's not fair, everyone, but it's just surface level indicator. I have noticed a lot lately people paying and getting the advice from big coaches that to claim their authority, especially on Instagram, they need to have a certain amount of followers to be seen as legitimate. And you can quite clearly see, you can run their Instagram through an app which tells you how what percentage are actually real followers or what are fake, which Em and I have done for a few people. And well, you know, you've like, done. And you've showed me. Oh, yeah. No, like, I don't do that shit. That's not no, no. my that's, area. That's my gym. Like I'm the tech person. <laughs> so we've had a look at that. Um, and an increasing amount of people paying for comments on their content as well. Uh, it's really quite easy to spot. And sometimes you can just, without even knowing how you got into a bot cycle, you can get into a bot cycle where you're getting loads of comments uh, or followers. That likes. Do you remember that time where I was getting like 50 likes a day from all these random accounts? It was driving me fucking crazy. I had to go through each one and I had to block mm. them. Yes. Yeah. Just random. I can, I can see when it's someone's VA yeah. messaging. They, they give the most random comments that just lack substance. You can feel yeah. they're not energetically present. Absolutely. It's, it's So for me, like Instagram's just ugh, because there's so much spamming and bots and crap on there and they're not doing anything to actually protect the, uh, I guess, the value of their, their app. Um, so like I wouldn't necessarily be focused when I'm starting a new business. If I was starting from scratch, if I had zero followers on Facebook, zero followers on TikTok, zero followers on Instagram, I would care more about creating an authentic connection with every single person that follows me versus trying to see that figure climb and climb and climb. And you've heard this a million times before, I'm sure of it, that a warm audience that is smaller is better than a large audience that is a you know a cool audience. That and that's what I mean about attractive. circle of influence. That's what I mean mm-hmm. about circle of influence. That person in another country who might follow you doesn't mean you have influence with them. No. It's a, it's a different thing, influence. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and obviously I teach connection. I teach networking on social media. I teach building community versus building followers. And it's something I am so passionate about and I could not give a shit about the numbers 
whether they climb, whether they fall, I don't care. I don't look at it. My VA doesn't look at it. We don't care. Like it's not, it's not a conscious thing. Because what I see are more valuable metrics for me are what conversations am I having and what am I promoting and what are the results of those promotions. That to me is far more valuable than worrying about likes and followers and comments and all of that sort of stuff. It's something to have in the back of your mind that, yeah, it's nice to grow and you obviously need a new audience to be able to get your message out there. But in the initial stages of business, wouldn't be worried about that. I personally think that most people that come to me with a business idea, and this isn't just service-based people, they come to me with a business idea and they say, I need to brand myself because they're just so concerned about getting a branding palette and branding kit set up in Canva um, so that they can start making social media content and all that sort of stuff. So in my mind, and from what I've seen, I feel like branding is one of those things that people think of first when they're first starting a business. There is nothing wrong with that, but I have my very strong opinions on it. I think it's a distraction because people do have a sense of what needs to be done to create a business. I don't accept that people don't absolutely know what to do at the early stages. And I think all these things that people do is that avoidance of what they know needs to be done, getting out there behind their product, behind their service, putting their authority behind that product and that service. Mm -hmm. So they can share it with the world. Like if I just worry about branding, if I just worry about a platform for social media um, posting, scheduling, I I'm, I don't have to. I'm not quite at that point where I have to actually get out there and say, I've got this thing. It's the most, most amazing thing. I'm the best person at this thing. You, you have to come and buy it. And that's where the authority piece comes in. Like if we want to build a business, we really can't avoid that bit, no matter how much time we spend fluffing around Mm. and all the other stuff. Yeah. So e-commerce, completely different. I would say that your brand to start you is more important than the actual products. (laughs) Like, to be honest, like uh, from a strategic rapid growth point of view, Branding, absolutely killer for e-com. So for service-based, beautiful women that we work with, um, of course, I have a conflict of interest because I love branding. I love doing branding. I love branding people. I love doing their websites and actually creating a flow and brand through the website. But I tell you, in the beginning stages of your business, no one gives a crap about your colors, your logo, all of that sort of stuff, it does not make a difference to you attracting those first clients into your business. It pains me to say that because I do believe that everyone should invest in professional branding. But at some point in your business, when you are ready for that, when you have the income coming in to support that, that's fine. Or if this is a secondary business to you and you're already established and can invest in the professional setup of your business. That's a completely different scenario as well. So if you're starting from scratch, just intuitively work out how you want to show up in the beginning. Don't worry about logos and all of that sort of stuff. Just create something to get your message out there. My thing that I find is the most important thing of all is 
what you're actually selling, obviously, massively important, work on that first. You need to know if this is a viable product or offer and who it's for. Is the price point suitable for that audience at that point in life or business? How are you going to deliver that to them? And then look at the structures that can help you and the the apps and things that are going to help you deliver that product. But the most important part is actually working out how to sell your thing. And this is the struggle that almost 100% of clients that come to me have when they're not quite attracting the income into their business that they want. I have some amazing clients that come to me that are making buttloads of money and we work on other things to create more. But for those that are coming in to business, that is honestly the, the thing they struggle with is how they're actually selling what they do. And this I want you to really, really think about. And I posted recently, actually, in our Mission Driven Women group about talking to disempowered clients versus empowered clients. Did you see that post, Em? Yes, I did. I did. <laughs> I'm not sure if you, you did or not. Because honestly, looking back at previous offers that I've created, masterminds that I've delivered. I've had a very strong type of audience that have been attracted to those products. And I was looking at how I sell those versus how I sell my other services, which people pay tens of thousands of dollars for versus those other offers that I've charged, you know, maybe a couple of hundred dollars for, maybe under a thousand, maybe a little bit over a thousand. And I saw a huge difference between the language, the verbiage that I was using with how I was selling the service. And that to me is a very, very clear indicator of how you can shift your language. So my other services that I'm charging good money for and, like, you know, I'm, I'm worth that because of the work that I do, But I was talking to people who are already successful in business, who are the go-getters, who have already established their own value in their business, who have that worth, who are the people who are fully empowered by investment and decisions versus some of the other products where I was talking more to those that are in the beginning of their business and the struggles that they have had. I haven't used pain point marketing because I've been over that for a very, very long time but still using disempowering statements to attract those into those offers. And that's why I posted that because I thought, wow, what a difference and what a difference it makes into the caliber of people that are attracted into those. One of the things I said in the comments when I was talking to someone about their struggles with how they're actually talking to the right audience was that it's not actually a bad thing to talk to an audience at a lower price point. If you're trying to sell a product at a lower price point, you can still talk to that audience in an empowering way that gets them to make a decision and trust that that is an investment and it's safe to spend that money in their business. You don't need to talk to them from their pain points and with those disempowered statements to try and convince them to, you know, choose to work with you to make a sale. So, There's nothing wrong. You just need to know 
the right language and the right point in life or business that person is and how you can attract them in, how you can become a magnet for those. And I'm doing a masterclass soon about this particular subject as well. And I'll be sharing how you actually frame things, how you do stories, posts, how you create content, how you show up in video to talk about this stuff. And I've got a whole bunch of activities that are happening in that masterclass and heaps of homework. And I can't wait to see everyone's <laughs> homework and see how they can flip language and things like that. But you need to be able to learn very quickly how to sell what it is you do. That was a really long-winded way of saying that. <laughs> it's like selling yourself and your product is hugely important. And a lot of the ways that people are being taught to sell, uh, it just doesn't really work because it is talking to pain points and it's bringing up those disempowered statements and, and it's attracting people who don't trust, who are scared to invest in themselves and all of that sort of stuff. And honestly, most of the people that come to me who have struggled in the beginning of their business to fill their group programs or even sell one-on-ones, you have a look at how they're posting and how they're talking to their audience and you can identify immediately the flip that needs to happen with the way they're presenting what they do. And it's even for those that are in fully established business who are then going, right, these aren't my audience anymore. I really want to talk to a different audience. How do I do that? It's all about language, right? Like, if you have been working with those people that are in the beginning of their business and you really just like, okay, now I'm ready to level up and talk to a new type of audience, you don't have to get rid of those people and like say they're not my audience anymore, but you just start flipping language to start talking directly to the people that you want to attract. And one of the people in Mission Driven Women who had said they've really struggled with this um, they said that they keep attracting people who are scared to invest, who don't want to put money into their business or their life, and they're not the people she wants to talk to, but she keeps talking to them because they're there. How do you feel about that, Em? I'm having this struggle, to be honest. <laughs> I'm having the same struggle. So my first business, first evolution was wildly successful. I had people flowing in, but uh, I found that I have gotten into this second business without a clear vision. And that's what was dropping into my mind is that taking a step back from sharing what we do, I'm actually feeling that the first thing that we don't do is actually create a vision. So in terms of my coaching, I, I struggle with five, I share, sorry, don't say struggle, share through five alignments, uh, vision, value, vibration, voice, and um, what's the last one? Visibility. <laughs> what's, I got a bit lost then because visibility is yours. So I kind of step back at that point. But the way I, I see it is we have those five gateways of business. And it, it's just dropped into my awareness that we lack vision. Yes, we have an idea. We mm. have sort of a, a sense of what we want to sell. We've got this thing. We've got a talent. We've got an amazing offer, so we think maybe. But what is the vision of what you want to do with that? And I'm not just talking about that long-term, I want to build a legacy vision. I'm talking about the next three months 
Like, where do you want to take your business first? Like that idea is burning strong. Passion follows the idea, but without a vision, you're not going to go anywhere. We can't go anywhere till we know where we're going. So, oh, I've got this thing, but people actually avoid the vision because that creates an energetic contract, which actually means we need to do the things that start taking us toward that, towards that vision. I think you can't even share that thing without the vision. You can't share that thing unless you've defined defined the value. Mm. So people are trying to get out and share this thing, use their voice. They don't have a clear message because they haven't defined and anchored their value, but they can't do that until they've actually got a vision for what they want to create, what that is creating for the people that they want to serve. Like where are we going? Where are we taking people? And that is why in my personal mentoring, I start with a two-hour visioning experience. And it's incredible how many loose ends there are with the women that I work with, even women who are making solid money or were at some point and faulted. It's because the vision, which is the container and the vehicle, hey, that's another thing, <laughs> um, that's lacking. Yeah. So energy is just going to go everywhere. They can't even get to that point where you share something unless you have a vision of the thing and yeah. what you're taking to the world. And without that, there's no possibility of authority. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And I take my clients through my alchemy amplified process, which has the three layers of branding and the initial part of that is all about the soul of your brand and I think it's so important to start there before you even get to the surface level like the I call it the face of the brand which is the typography your logos your colors all that kind of crap but it's so important to start from the inside out and I'm like I'm assuming for for those that are just like starting who just have this great idea and they want to roll with it, that the vision can be worked on over time. As long as you've got the clarity of one thing you want to sell right up front to really just start. And that's what I mean about vision. That doesn't need to be a long-term thing. You will expand your vision as you grow. But what's your vision of how you want to take things to the world? I think we, we don't recognize that everything we do has to have a vision with it. Like, Mm. It's so important. It's like purpose. We use the word purpose, like this greater purpose thing. But what is the purpose of what you're doing today? What's the purpose of the thing that you're going to share? Everything has to have a purpose. Otherwise, you're just going to be flinging energy out into the world. So I think we can detach from that as well. Like what is the purpose of that program that you want to buy into? What is the purpose of that platform that you want to invest $50 a month in? If you can't define those things, then you're not ready to take something that doesn't have a structure. I'm talking about energetic structure as well Mm. as physical structure. Yeah, Mm. Yeah. absolutely. But I think, and I know we've said this before and it annoys people because they get all fucking excited because they have all these ideas for group programs that they want to run and all of these freebie opt-ins that they want to create and it's all like, oh, I've got to create all these things to start my business. You don't. Please just don't worry about any of that stuff in the initial stages of your business. Solidify the work that you do, the transformation that you offer. And I know this is conflicting because there are a lot of coaches out there that tell you you don't need to 
do one-on-ones to have highly successful group programs. Um, obviously, we have a different opinion on that. And no, I don't have a different uh, opinion on that. I'm all with you because how can you? I, no, no, I mean, oh, we other as coaches, in you and I have a different opinion. Like, from all the way, I used I used to not think that because I wanted to run into group programs and avoid the one-on-one stuff. But uh, yeah, I've completely flipped when I have witnessed, experienced that that just doesn't work. And I'm not like I'm not talking about doing like five coaching calls every single day in the no. beginning of your business, taking maybe three one-on-one clients on in the initial stages to see if what you do works, because that is most important. Because you can sell a group program all you want and have people pay for it. But if it's not successful for them at the end, they're not going to A, recommend it. They're not becoming a affiliate for it. They're not going to be, you know, refer. Like it's not going to be as successful had you not done some one-on-one work to establish the formula to establish and learn, well, I'm teaching this thing, but what I didn't realize was they had this obstacle and this came up for them. And these are the questions they had. And I hadn't even fucking thought of those. So now moving that into a group program, I know what the struggles are, the obstacles, the questions, objections, like I know all of those things. So you can create a multi-dimensional course or program that is a better vessel for transformation than had you just came up with an idea and put it out into the world. Now, of course, you can do that group program, get the feedback, rejig it, do it again, and and keep evolving it. There's also that as an option. But it's also a lot more powerful and you get a lot more momentum when the people in that first initial run really do have great results from it and have those experiences. I, I guess my my thinking of it is like, if you cannot sell yourself one-to-one, if you don't have the authority and the power to get people to pay you for that, then you shouldn't be spending your time and energy on a group program. And I know that hurts a lot of people's feelings when I say that. And I have clients who are fully focused on group programs. But it's just a stupid idea when they're not getting one-on-ones because one-on-ones are the easiest thing to sell. They are. And I think about my astrology. Yeah. I I can't deliver a group program with knowledge out of books or knowledge out of my certification in astrology. I can't deliver something when I haven't been live with people. I have learned the most or how to use that information by doing it with people over and over, my my experience has given birth to wisdom that I wouldn't have gotten without doing that one-on-one. I would have had to have followed the rules from the books to a level, even though we might live under the delusion that, oh, no, I can take it and change it. But you can't change it unless you've lived the experience of it, first with yourself and with your clients. And I think I've said this before, maybe even last episode, if you don't know the transformational process, then that's where you need to start. If you can't recognize where a client is at within the transformational process and be able to pick it up and take them forward from the point that they're at, 
you need to work on that because starting everyone at the beginning and taking them through to the end, like that doesn't work for everyone. So you need to be able to lay that customer journey, as you call it, stays out and be able to recognize where people are at, what they need, how to support them to what you're promising to get them. And that is where the one-on-ones will do that work for you, with you. Without that, you ain't got no chance of selling a group program, maybe beyond a first successful launch. But how many people have we seen have one successful launch and then everything just, yeah, breaks from there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like I've worked with a bunch of clients who have focused on group programs and the feedback hasn't been the best from the aftermath. And I've even fired clients because of their response to these things, where it's been one of the parts of the catalyst of firing people. I remember You've had people blame you. Yeah, people blame you for the bad feedback they got because what you do doesn't work, but they're not following the things that you're guiding them to do. Uh, uh, no, yeah, like it's, yeah, it's not about what, um, yeah, I, I think I know what you mean, but no, not not really. Um, but like I had a client who did a group program. She'd done it a few different times over. People would come back to her with questions either in her Facebook group or directly DMing her on Instagram. And her response was, you can join the next round uh, for X amount of dollars for an alumni, you know, discount. And that way you get access to ask me questions again. Please. I see what you mean. Yeah. Use that. I see what you mean. Mm. So like that gave me the ick because they've already invested money in you. For them to have a question for you that could be easily answered in less than 30 seconds, just fucking do it. Don't try and milk more money out of them to say, oh, you've actually, if you've got more questions, join again, you'll have the live calls. Like, no. Like, I I understand when you're at a capacity or a level that you have tens of thousands of students in your programs, but we, we weren't talking about that many people. Um, and that particular person, yes, refused to listen to any advice about growing their audience and things like that. They went to another coach who told them that the best way to sell out a program was to start a podcast. (laughs) And I was like, well, actually, no, that's not the right advice at all. That might have worked for them, but they've had an established audience of tens of thousands for years. Um, So uh, as, as many of these things that gave me the ick from this particular person, that was the thing. I was just like, you're not listening to my advice. You're not having any luck with it. Didn't blame me at all for the lack of success. Like there was never any of that. Like, oh, oh it's not I was working. thinking of others. I was thinking oh. of others in the, yeah, in the launch um, of the second programs I was thinking of. Um, yeah, like they just, they weren't listening. So I let them go. Um, and yes, there have been, like you can give advice to people. Well, they, they don't need to take it. But what my advice is, is always work. Like, um, you've actually got to invest time and energy or money into your business to make it grow you but you can't just throw money at someone and expect magic to happen either um so yeah like there's a, a roundabout way i know yeah we really can't say what we want to say in this instance <laughs> okay. 
keep an anonymity for these people. Um, but it is nice to let those people go when you can see they're just a bitch of a human and you just think, oh, you're so money-hungry, fuck off. <laughs> Doesn't align with my values, so I'm not going to work with you anymore. Um, Did you have a client who copied and pasted, you found copied and pasted something straight from the internet and put it into their program? Um, I've had two clients and someone local to me who has actually copied and pasted content from me and we live like 20 minutes away from each other and posted it to her Instagram and website. Um, But yes, I have had clients that have previously decided to launch a group program with no experience and they've, I was helping them set up some slides for this program and I was like, hang on a minute, I haven't done this program before, but I know this content. I know this graphic. Where have I seen this before? And I'm sitting there editing this this PowerPoint presentation. I'm like, where have I seen this before? Where have I? And I thought, oh, hang on a minute. And so I went to my bookshelf and I have a fuck ton of self-help, digital marketing, like lots of personal development stuff on my shelf. And this particular book that I thought this was from was about storytelling and branding. And I opened it up and I went to the chapter that I thought related and it was copied and pasted word for word into her program. And she had copied and pasted. God knows how she even did that. The graphics, I'm assuming it was just like a scan or a screenshot from a digital book or something. I don't know. And I just went, oh, my God. Like, if you can't even come up with your own concepts and you're just copying them out of books and charging people for it, it's so infuriating. Um And of course, like I've developed my own branding and storytelling methods as any coach should. And if you are using someone else's work, you need to credit them for that. You need to say, this is the work of such and such, or this is inspired by that she was taking full responsibility, full claim to creating this method. Um, so it actually and gives you more I'm, authority. I made it, it made me wild. It made me so wild. Um, yeah, yeah. Actually, quoting people gives you more authority because, in my perspective, rather than trying to take that as your own, uh, people see that you've done the time. People see that you've Absolutely. learned these things, and yes. you're willing to honor them. You don't need to take that power from anyone else when you credit them and balance that power, that integrity actually increases your, absolutely, strengthens your essence. It increases the power of the energy that you're putting out there. Mm. And that fear of I can't quote them, it it doesn't reduce your power. It's so silly. It actually reinforces it. When I'm teaching social media content, I talk about creation and curation. So curating content is a massive benefit to your business and you can curate content from creators in your same niche as your same area. It does not detract from your authority, your experience, your value if you're sharing something that someone else has created and it suits your audience. But I see a lack of fear from that. If I'm not the owner of this content, I'll just recreate it because then no one will know, and I will be seen as the smart person who's come up with this idea. Um, 
they see this as a fear of what if they go follow that person and buy into their program instead of mine. Like fully in lack mindset, I don't want to dive too much into that, but like don't let that fear of curating content from other creators stop you because you're pretty much giving your power away energetically and you're allowing that to come in rather than being in authority and sharing content that you know will help your audience from another source. You can be inspired by other people's content and, you know, create stuff. But inspired by absolutely that, that, that. oh mm. for sure absolutely for sure so I don't know I just yeah copy and pasting content and all that sort of stuff I know we've got way off track here um but this is how not to start a business this is how not oh, to create structures for a strong successful yeah business. we probably should do an episode of the things not to do <laughs> because that could be an hour on its own um but yeah like I I circling back to that like Create a method for a one-on-one. See how it feels. Um, I definitely say don't give away your services for free in the beginning because that's going to be of no good to anyone. You need to get people to pay you. Never call it a beta test. I really hope that beta testing dies in the ass and it's never mentioned (laughs) again in spiritual business because as soon as you put that energy out there, it totally detracts from the experience and value that someone's going to have in that and you will not get the results had you just done it at a cheaper rate as a live program to start. (laughs) Anyway, um, so yes, you can discount your one-on-one in the beginning to get a few people through that process so you can learn, you can get feedback and you can get a testimonial from them. They need to have a big result from what you do. If people are paying you, they want to see something at the end of that, whether it's something physical, whether you've done branding or a website or healing, trauma, shadow work, astrology, whatever that looks like, they want something at the end of that to look back on and go, yeah, that was actually fucking worth it. So we need to make sure that what you're doing has that because if not, then you're going to have a lot of people who are dissatisfied and aren't going to be recommending you and all of that. And the cycle continues. So my recommendation is to like get to, you know, the good old like $5,000 a month solid in the initial stages of your business. Obviously put some of that money away to cover yourself for your tax and stuff. Um, But I honestly think that that's the best thing to aim for is just getting those one-on-one clients through as experience building your value and this is a value piece vision then the value building the value Mm. and not just throwing it out into the world and hoping someone buys it it's standing behind your product going this is how amazing it is you need this once you start creating income in your business that is when you know you have a business that is when you should be investing what you earn back into your business And I tend to tell my clients to choose a percentage. So whether it's 10% in the beginning, 20%, 50%, 80% after they've taken their tax portion out, whatever that is, keep that every single month. And as your business grows, that investment back into your business continues to grow as well. So it'll get to a point where it's like, fuck, it's like $40,000 a month that I'm putting back into my business. You can spend it on ads. You can spend it on all of these amazing things, PR, like, wow, getting all this out there. But I I think that if you pick a percentage to reinvest, that's where you can get some professional branding, you can get some help to 
establish your you know, lead magnets and sales funnels. Um, you can get someone to look at your SEO to pay a VA to help you with some of those jobs that you now, because you've got that success rolling, you don't have the time or desire to do. Yeah. What were you going to say? Oh, I just recommend the Profit First system. It's actually really simple. There's books on it. Profit First teaches you how to um, split, you could say, your income into certain percentages to put money aside for tax, to put profit back into the business, to keep or start creating a living wage. So um, that's phenomenal. Highly recommend that if you want to start reading about how to financially manage. It's important right from the beginning to know profit and loss and how you work all of that in your business because you need to know, even from the get-go, what you're putting in and what you're getting out of everything. The thing that I wish more people would invest in in the initial stages of business is whether it's actually in a professional platform or something free like the HubSpot one is a CRM, a that there's a few different versions of how people say it. I just call it a client relationship management system. The CRM is the core of your business and it will make your life so much freaking easier if you have everyone's details in one place, all the emails, you can send stuff, you can make notes on people's accounts. If you're doing one-on-one work that's over a series of sessions, you can write the notes of when your, the sessions were done and completed so that at the end of it, they go, oh, no, I didn't have all my sessions with you. You can actually look on there and go rather than trolling back through your calendar or Zoom and trying to find, you know, all those details. Again, conflict of interest because I own my own platform that has a CRM built into it. But I think it's hugely beneficial for everyone right at the beginning to set themselves up with one. Why? I know you've just explained a little bit, but and what could happen if you don't have one? Lots of things. Obviously, it gives you more systems and structures to manage your business. It also has, you know, depending on what CRM you choose, some of them have automations, workflows, and EDM, your electronic direct mail, built into them as well. So you don't have to then pay for MailChimp or um, active campaign and all those other things on top. Most of them, if they're good, can do all of that in-house within the platform itself. The reason why I say that is because what I find is, and I'm working with a, a massive company right now who are churning over seven figures a year, and they have 300 people on their mailing list because it was never priority for them. They built their website on Wix and the 300 people that are in their Wix are just people that have booked through their website over the years. Um, A lot of them are repeat clients who just repeat, repeat, repeat. All of their events that they've hosted and they've hosted hundreds over the years and tens of thousands of people have attended their events, they've housed those on ticketing platforms such as like Eventbrite, Humantix, blah, blah, blah. And they've never exported that data into their own CRM. So they've lost tens of thousands of contacts over the years because they have nowhere to put them. (laughs) And so now a priority for us is to build that list. And that 
is terrifying and it's so disturbing to know the potential loss of revenue from the lack of system in place for that. And I say that now because every single person you connect with, they're not a lead as such, but there is value in that connection. And if you have them all in one place, you have them for life in that one place. And you can, of course, change platforms. There's nothing wrong with changing platforms. You can just export and re-import it into a new platform. That's super easy and it usually takes about 30 seconds. Um, But if you're capturing details right from the beginning, you're creating such a solid system for yourself and highly recommend, absolutely recommend. I was chatting to someone recently who's in business just chatting about some structures and things. And they said, well, all of my clients are happy. I don't get any negative feedback. And my response to that was, well, how many clients are you losing because you don't have these structures and systems in place because you don't have your value aligned with what you're talking about? I think we can get too focused on those that are coming through the door and not thinking about what's possible when we get these strong structures in place. A lot of spiritual leaders that I've talked to, I'm like, well, everything works. I'm like, well, you might perceive that. Mm. And even if it's working at the level that it is for you, sending out individual PayPal links, sending out uh, creating programs and then trying to run them through a, um, a section on their website where nothing's structured, these are the things that actually start to limit our growth. And rather than sitting back and go, well, it's working, while we're overwhelmed and don't know what to do next, personally I think rather than going investing in all this shit, having that CRM changes things. And I know I I will recognise that it can be overwhelming when Mm. we look at something like that. I am the queen of overwhelm. I look at a big system and go, what the fuck do I do? If I didn't have you on your platform, Stace, I would be a mess. That's just me personally. And I I feel like a lot of people would be in that place. But even so, it is absolutely imperative that you do this. Imperative. And Stacey said, when you start making money, you are building business. But I actually think this is one of the ways that we need to start if we oh, have that vision for bigger income. Yeah, and a lot of people jump to Kajabi um, because that's the one that everyone hears of. It it's costs trendy. so much money and it does so much less than every other. It's my least favourite platform of all. Um, and I tend to think that the ones that recommend it either haven't tried anything else or are Caught up in the light, caught up in the light of other leaders. Why else would you like that platform? So, yes, like a lot of people go, oh, I can't invest $200 a month. And a lot of the time it's in US dollars, so then you've got to add conversions and all that stuff on top of that. That's also a shitty place to be in your mindset as well. I'm not saying go out and spend that much money on a platform. Mine, the like basic um, starter subscription is 98 Australian dollars a month. It's there's no US dollars, so there's no conversions or anything. Yay. Um, but you need to be in the mindset of that is an investment in my business and you're going to make that back. It's not 
like an expense to your business and a lot of people get in fear of like having a platform it's going to cost me all this money um a lot of people that I know and have worked with are paying 400 US dollars a month for Kajabi and have very little value from that platform for that money versus a few others um but they're making that back and they've never been in that headspace of, oh, well, actually I had one client who refused to upgrade her account because she didn't want to spend the money. So then we had to use two different platforms. It was a joke. It was hilarious because anyway, uh, but yeah, there's that mindset of I'm starting a business. I'm going to treat it like a business. A business is going to cost you money. In most cases, you need to invest a little bit. If you have a CRM that you're paying, say, $100 a month for, the benefit of that is you get repeat clients. You have that retention rate because you can follow up those people. You can get reviews. You can survey people. You have their email in your system subscribed to your newsletter. You can promote yourself. There is more possibility of making money with a platform that helps you with system versus just trying to run and do everything with some links and trying to keep notes in a spreadsheet of who you've been talking to and who's been doing what and things like that. I think that while it might be hard to acknowledge this for people is that they're actually really building a hobby not a business. And I see this all the time. It's like, oh, I want to spend as little money as possible. I, I just want to spend money on the thing that I'm doing. Like that's a hobby. That's that's something yeah, you do it's, for. It's not even for- like the hobby. It's just like your mindset is fucked. If you're coming into this and going, <laughs> I want to make a business and I want to be earning all this money, but I don't want to put any money into it. It's like you're telling the universe straight up that you fear you're not going to be able to make enough money to pay back your investment in your business. Energetically, shit place to be, mate. Get over that and spend some money on your business. And I'm not talking about like spending it on us or like on branding and all that sort of stuff. The little things that will help you establish some structure to your business and actually make you money, yes. Um, I'm not saying jump in and boost or do some ads on social media or even in the beginning or anything like that. Just stop talking about money that way. because you will not make money with that mindset, I can guarantee you. But there's also scarcity with time, scarcity with effort. It actually bleeds out into all parts of your business. Like, I don't want to spend too much time doing this. I mean, how many times have we heard, oh, I I don't want to do one-on-ones because I don't make as much money. I don't want to invest that time in one-on-one clients. Like That scarcity happens in every single area of your business. Yeah, and those people that say they don't want to do the one-on-one work because it's just trading money for hours and they're trying to avoid that and they know they can maximise profits by doing group programs, they're the ones that are struggling to sell their group programs (laughs) because they haven't solidified the transformation yet. Um, You need to invest. Yeah. Like this whole, uh, you can make $500,000 on 10 hours a week. Uh, Yeah, you can. After you've established those structures, when you have your CRM, when you've built up your reputation, when you've got status in the industry that you are building a business in, it's status. Like it's it's a bit of an icky word for spiritual entrepreneurs and heart-centered leaders, but that's what we're aiming for. We want to 
build some status. Mm. When you have those things, people will flock to you for your programs when you don't actually have to do much for that, but they've done the time with everything else. I just, I think about, like, I don't subscribe to hustle culture, um, but I do think that you need to put into your business energetically whatever you want to get the results that you desire. And I often think when people talk about this, like, oh, you only want to work like 10 hours a week, blah, 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 blah. I think of someone like Chris Jenner. How many hours a week do you think she's working? She's a fucking multi-billionaire. I mean, she's even established her own church so that it's all tax-free dollars. Like, she's a smart woman. But do you think she's sitting back and working five, ten hours a week? Absolutely not in any way, shape, or form is she doing that. Uh, I mean, just like the decision-making. But it's yeah, like de- she wants to build an empire. Obviously, she's not going to hustle, hustle, hustle. She did in the beginning stages. But now it's like you work to whatever level that you want to work in your business. I believe in boundaries and establishing those. And I have been burnt out once in business. And I've learned a lot of lessons around creating structures around myself. And I just, yeah, I hate that thought of people um, prescribing to that, that they only want to work 10 hours a week. If that's your lifestyle, that's what you want to do. That's fantastic. But there are a lot of people out there that wouldn't be satisfied sitting there in that. They want to see growth. They want to establish legacy. And they do want to work hard. And we should not be shamed for working hard. Expectation can far exceed the investment. (laughs) I see that mismatch between investment and expectation. Um, The the ability to step in and hold the energy of your business. I feel like for Chris Jenner, I don't actually know who that is. I don't know whether that <laughs> um, there's a loss of dignity as I say that, yeah. but that like the yeah. decisions that person will be making will be a full-time job. Just the decisions alone will be almost a full-time job. And She's we- the Kardashian mother, just so you know. Oh, okay. She's the oh, mother. I don't, know. I don't know the Kardashians. The momager. Of the Kardashians. No, I I didn't know that. I don't. Okay. I don't do Kardashian (laughs) stuff. Okay. Um, But in business, you've got to set some time aside to make decisions. There are so many more decisions in business than we can even comprehend. Like, what CRM do I use? How do I want to share this today? What content do I want to create? Like, our business is built on decisions and the effort that we we step into comes from the decisions we make too many women are sitting back going oh should I do this should I do that I I I don't know where and that's part of the authority piece is like building that authority to make strong conscious decisions for your business and also building the intent behind it now it doesn't matter how many how many hours you want to work a week I think that what has to happen is the intent I talk about intent a lot. It's it's absolutely necessary. A lot of people have unconscious intentions and and that can fuck with our our growth as well, but that's not what we're here for today. But if you intend to work the 50 hours a week, that has power because you have that intent behind it. If you are trying to do this thing and you're spending 50 hours a week and you're not wanting to do that and you're not acknowledging how much time you're investing, and I know this is something you've called me out on stage, is that you will burn yourself out. But if you hold the intent of, well, I want 
to work 50 hours a week. This is what I call hustle with heart. And it's not scrambling to get everything done and try and um, face that overwhelm. I think that's what really hustle is. But the hustle with heart is your vision and intent allied together in what you choose to do and being in ownership in the choices that you're making. Yes. I I also was triggered by a thought triggered when you were talking about decisions and like, oh, should I post this or what should I like? I had a thought. I'm like, hang on. I never think that personally. Um, I never stop and question what I'm posting, when I'm posting, what I'm doing. And this might be something to look into because I know you've struggled with this a bit before as well, not knowing what to post, what to create. Like, I think this all comes back to you establishing your own authority by making snap decisions in your snap decisions. I didn't think I did that close enough then. Snap decisions in your business where you just claim that energy and that space where you just do shit. You don't question, you just get shit done. And I think that's a massive part of showing up in that energy, that excitement, that authority is I'm not questioning whether what I'm saying matters. I'm not questioning whether people are going to resonate with it. I just do things and there's no question in my mind. I don't like, yeah, I don't know if that's the ADHD or what it is. <laughs> like, yeah, it's that I I know my shit and I'm just going to show up and I'm going to talk about it and yeah, see where that goes. I don't ever question. I think it's the overthinking. Overthinking dominates the inspiration behind it. I think that's a sign that we're in it more for us than we are for the audience. Uh, mm. When we get in our mind, it goes, is this the right thing to do? Is this going to reach the right people? Like, how do I say this in a way that's going to reach the right people? Like, Does this support my message? Does this make sense? Is this going to convey what I want to convey? Am I going to look, uh, be uh, viewed in the way that I want to be seen? Yeah. See, you're giving all your power away mm-hmm. by yeah. overthinking this and and asking these questions, whether or not you say it out loud or you ask someone or you're like, oh, it's thinking this to yourself. Yeah. You are legitimately handing your power over to yes. the response of your audience and what you get back from what you're creating. And this is a massive, we've got to wrap it up, but like this is a massive revelation in my mind because now I'm like realising that's why I don't understand what you're going through is because you keep giving that power, or not you specifically, but other clients as well, keep giving that power away when I don't struggle with that and I'm a stubborn bitch. Like I'm not saying that to pump myself up, but it's something that I do not overthink. I do not contemplate. I own my power and I show up with whatever I create do I struggle spending time creating content? Yes, because I'm busy doing everyone else's fucking content for their businesses. But I think it's that's a massive thing. We need to talk about this a bit more when we've got more time. Yeah, that sacred exchange of power, money, time, the impact mm. and influence. Like that's that's yeah. a whole episode. I mean, I'm I'm all lighting up now because this is a subject that I'm very passionate about in terms of the energetics and the the quantum aspect yeah. of this yeah uh, I, I witness believe, this in you now I witness yeah. I witness yeah. this now yeah yep. and I believe this is why I work with 
women are more of the energetic alignment side of things. This is the biggest problem for spiritual leaders in business. It's actually less about all that other stuff. Like this is where we struggle the most. And I say that with absolute conviction. My first evolution of business, I didn't have any of this. I stepped in, I own the power, and it was all about sharing what I was passionate about. I faltered a couple of years ago and I've had to go through the evolutionary process of the people that I am destined to support now. It's been a struggle. It's been painful. I fought it. I resisted it. I just couldn't accept oh, it. Yeah. I remember but, our conversations around you oh, loved astrology, but you refused to do it as oh, the core of your business. <laughs> so much funny thinking yeah. about it now. But yeah. I mean, I was in such resistance. I couldn't accept I had to go through this process. But now it's like, oh, I'm so blessed that I've had to go through this because I couldn't empathize with people. I'm like, just get out there. Just share your message. It's not that fucking hard. Well, I've actually had to face how hard it is. I'm getting quite emotional because of the journey I've been on. And so I see you, everyone I see you, because I've had to go from a place where I had that authority and I never questioned myself to going, well, like I I can't do this. Like, so yeah, I understand you. And I want to help you with that side of things. This is why the astrology comes in. This is why I'm doing the alignment code is because if we don't have that, if we're not connected to our center of power, none of this other shit is going to matter. And we're legacy leaders. We're talking to legacy leaders here. We have to be able to hold the energy of what we're creating. And we can't do that if our energy field is fractured and we're leaking power everywhere. Okay, I know we have to wrap up mm. and I just went on this tirade there, but like no, we can I do think a whole this is, episode on this. I think this is so valuable for those amazing women who are tuning in every week to listen to this. I am totally inspired by this particular subject and it's just I've just had the biggest brain explosion of realising and this is why working with one-on-one with people is so valuable because I've done all these programs about creating content and all of this stuff and, like, yeah, and confidence. But recognizing that that authority comes from that energy exchange. Massive thing for me. I'm going to work on it. I, yeah, that I think question, this is going to be great. I just, something is coming to mind. I just want to finish with this is that when we're trying to step into our business with that question, whether it's conscious or subconscious, I want you to dig in because we can't change anything until you make the unconscious conscious, it will rule your life and you will call it fate. I can't remember who said that quote. I don't think I worded it absolutely correctly, but what right do I have? This question runs through our minds, our bodies, it infiltrates every aspect of our being. What right do I have? to step up and say, I can do this. What right do I have to claim my place in the world? What right do I have? And therefore, we, our energy just collapses and we can't share anything in that space. This is where we mm. feel insecure. Imposter syndrome comes in. This all comes back to this, all of it. Wow. Wow. Thank you so much. That was really good. And now my brain is just going a million miles an hour and I need to make some notes and talk about some things. <laughs> I'm like, wow. Um, 
Thank you for tuning in, guys. As always, Mission Driven Women, our community group over on Facebook is a fucking powerhouse of a community. Em and I share loads of valuable content, trainings. We're dropping stuff in there almost every single day to support you in your spiritual business path. And we love having a chat with you over there. So jump on over and join us and we'll see you on the next one.